one of my favorite weeks of the year is Love Week. And I cannot wait for the next two weeks as we're going to sign up as a church. Trust me, trust me. You do not want to miss Love Week. So go ahead, get out your calendars. And as you hit our website and you kind of get some of the information and you, you listen to Frankie, who did a great job telling us about Love Week, you don't want to miss that. We, this is an all skate. It's for everybody. It's for everybody to say, you know what? We're going to serve this community. And I love, I love what Jesus said. Jesus said this. He said, by this, this one thing, by this, everybody is going to know that you're the real deal if you stand on street corners and yell at people. Now, for some of you, you're here for the first time, you're like, I knew I didn't like Jesus, you know? Um, you know, if you're like not a God follower, no, 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 that's not what Jesus said. Um, um, you know, Jesus said, man, if, if this one thing, man, if you do this one thing, everybody will know if you have the highest of standards. No, no that's not what Jesus said. He said, by this, will the whole, the whole world will know that you are my followers, you're my disciples. That means where Jesus is going we're going. When Jesus moves, we move. By this will everyone know that you're my disciples if you, if you love one another. So love week is going to be an incredible week where, where, you know, the Bible says God is love. God is the true definition of love. If you look up love, um, there's God. And wherever you find God, there's love. God is love, and you can't get away from it. And, and we want you to get skin in the game. We want you to serve. Man, we're going to be taking over 20 lunches to businesses in the area just to say, man, we appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing. We're going to hit all three schools here. We're going to hit a school in Navarre. Um, we, we're going we're gonna to impact this community and let love be the loudest voice. But we need you in the game. It's way better in the game than it is on the bench. Somebody say, oh yeah, oh yeah. Put me in the game, coach. Put me in the game, coach. Let's do this thing together. Y'all fired up about Love Week? Are you fired up? Come on now. Okay, I gotta teach you. Here we go. Teaching moment. Here's some coaching. When we're fired up, we act like we're fired up. We don't go halfway, man. That wasn't fired up. That was like, <laughs> you know, that was like a baby coo, you know? Let's try it again. Are you guys fired up about Love Week? That's right. When we swing, we swing to knock out, right? That's right. We don't, we don't come soft. We come hard. Love week's coming. We're going to love loud, and I cannot wait. Um, my first fight, my first fight was in uh, third grade. It involved a girl. The girl's name was Patience. Um, <laughs> Patience uh, would always fix my collar, and, and she thought I just didn't know how to do my collar, but I'd didn't do my collar because I knew Patience would fix my collar. So in the third grade, I'd always have my collar was always jacked up and Patience would come or my sleeves were jacked up and she would teach me how to do it. And, and it was like every week, you know, teach me again. <laughs> oh, that's how you do it. Okay, go here, teach it. This one's messed up. Whoops. All right, here we go. You know, third grade, man, I was a lover in third grade. And um, it, first fight, we're at camp and there's this friend, yeah, right, of mine. His name's Carl. And Carl and I like the same girl. I bet none of that ever happened to you guys, right? Bet you never liked the same girl. You have a friend, y'all both like the same person, or ladies, you both like the same guy. You're like, yeah, we had 29, 29, uh, 
you know, 29 girls in our class and one guy. Everyone liked the same guy, you know. So, uh, but here's the deal, man. We're talking about patience, and I go to walk away. And when I go to walk away, Carl says, hey, Tim. And I turned around, and when I turned around, I got sucker punched. I mean, when I turned around, the fist was already coming out. It hit me. And uh, third grade, first punch, first fight. I don't know where you were when you had your first fight, like your first real fight. Not like just, you know, with your sis or with your brother at the house, but your first, okay, I'm in a fight. Oh, you want to play that way? <laughs> Duke's up. I, I don't know where you were when that occurred for you, but, but until you have that fight, and even, I would guess, even after you had a few fights, there's this thing that happens inside, right? We call them, they kind of fly. What do we call them? We call them butterflies a little bit. It's like, man, I'm in a fight. And, and if you go from never having a fight to all of a sudden you're in a fight, all of a sudden it's like, whoa. Like this, wow, this is like different. The story we're going to talk about today is about a fight. It is a cosmic collision. It's an epic battle. It is a heavenly battle in a spiritual realm in which we cannot see. I don't know if you ever watched The Matrix, but The Matrix had some spiritual tones to it. And there's some truth in the matrix about that, that life is more than we see. And, and there's a fight in Daniel chapter 10, we're going to read about in just a minute, that was just an incredible fight that teaches us several things. There's all kinds of lessons to learn from Daniel chapter 10. So would you go ahead and get out your phones, your tablets, your Bibles, get out your Bibles. We want you to follow along. We will never tell you to turn your phones off. We love you. Have them out. Have them, have them on. And uh, if you don't have version, please, 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 I say it and I keep, I'm going to say it and spray it, but download version. Get that app on your phone. It is free. It's the Bible. It's version. Y-O-U version. Get that on your phone so that you can always be prepared for a fight. Jesus was in a fight one time. In fact, he had fasted for 40 days and he was in a fight with Satan himself. And the way he fought back was with the most powerful thing that's ever existed, it wasn't an AK-47, it wasn't a rocket launcher, and it was not a grenade. It wasn't even a Glock. Jesus used the very words of God. Jesus quoted Scripture. And when you quote Scripture, when you fight the enemy with Scripture, he can't win. In fact, he runs and he flees. He takes off and he's gone. He cannot stand to hear the word of God, and he gets out of Dodge. So we're gonna talk about this. Um, in just a few seconds, we're actually gonna show a clip of, uh, of a friend of mine, and um, he's here, and, 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 and uh, he's a fighter. Dylan, Dylan, bad boy clicker's in the house today. Dylan, it's glad, we're glad to have you, man. Yes, sir. And, and I wanna tell you something, this man's a fighter. He's got a fight coming up. I want to make sure I get this right. I believe it's February 8th, like 7.30 at the fairgrounds, and it's Island Fights 27. Now, I got to go to his last one, and uh, someone said, you know who's coming to the church? And I said, who's that? And they said, Dylan is coming to Momentum. And I was like, really? Tell me about Dylan, you know? And they're like, dude, he's like the baddest dude on the planet. He's like a fight machine, man. He's, a, he's serious. And I went and I watched him, and then I knew. I knew that my friend that told me that wasn't lying. I mean, Dylan, Dylan's a fighter. That's what he does for a living. Not only does Dylan have an upcoming fight, but here's the real news. Every one of you and myself, we have an upcoming fight. 
spiritually speaking. There's a battle that is waging so the enemy can win. Today, I'm gonna talk about demons. I'm gonna talk about angels. I'm gonna talk about fasting. We're gonna talk about Daniel and how God dispatched an angel to send the answer to Daniel's prayer. And for 21 days, 21 days, 21 days, there was a spiritual battle in the heavenlies where one bad angel, he was the prince of Persia. He was the head demon over the kingdom of Persia. Now, if you saw 300, you ever watched 300, you remember King Cyrus, you remember that? He was the bald dude, he was the big, he was the big man on campus, he was the guy, you remember him? This story takes place actually when he was in the third year of his reign. And yet as powerful as Cyrus was, he didn't have anything on this, this demon, this bad, wicked, evil angel who was assigned the kingdom of Persia. So Cyrus powerful, this bad angel extremely powerful. We're thinking about a fight today. I wanna talk to you about spiritual warfare and it's kinda like getting sucker punched because if you don't know that it exists, you're gonna get caught. You'll get caught. And the enemy, the enemy is out to do a couple things to you to still kill and destroy your life. By the way, Adam and Eve, when sin entered the garden, when sin entered in the world because of their disobedience, their rebellion, God said, don't. They said, we're gonna do what we want. Basically, their attitude was, screw you, God. We know better. We're gonna do what we want. They listened to the enemy. Don't ever listen to the enemy. The enemy will put question marks where God puts a period. God says, don't, don't commit adultery, period. And Satan will put a question mark. Man, will anyone really know? Man, would this really hurt your marriage? Man, he'll always put a question mark where God put a period. And man, all he needs an inch. If you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. He'll take you further than you wanted to go. He'll keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And before you know it, sin will have you. Because in that moment, even before Adam and Eve, when Satan rebelled against God, Satan said through pride, I will be like God. I will ascend to the highest. I will be like God. And he was full of pride. The Bible says God kicked him out of heaven and like lightning from heaven to earth, so he fell out of heaven. And he has been our enemy ever since. He's the father of lies and the only power he has is to feed you lies. And the only strength you have is through the word of God to refute the lies. You with me? Man, I'm reading this book right here, Fight, from Craig Rochelle, Winning the Battles That Matter Most. It's a a rally cry for men to stand up, step out, and fight, to fight for their families, to fight for their marriages, to fight for their kids, to fight against apathy. It's a cry for men to get up and fight because after all, that's how we were wired. I I got to watch Lone Survivor this week. I wanted to watch it when it came out, but this week, Friday night, I think we went out with a group of men and a good group of men. We watched that movie and it was like, I was breathless afterward. You know, I was just speechless, I guess I should say. Couldn't say much. Just felt, wow, as I was watching this fight take place. Dylan, I know that you know what it is to actually get in the octagon, to get in a ring and to fight. And there's something about me as a man that respects that, that admires that, because it's sexy from where I sit. It's sexy, man. I even feel like I look like you, although 
Although I look nothing like you, man, but I feel like I'm you in that moment. Rah, you know, it's like football today. You know, tonight we'll watch some games and we're the best armchair quarterback we know, man. We tell Tom Brady how he should have done it. Peyton Manning, no, you should have. And, and we got it. But when you get on the field, when you enter the octagon, it's real. And you probably know that better than any of us here, man, physically speaking. I want you to watch, this is a clip, man, of, of Dylan. Watch this real quick. Y'all look at the screens. Mama said to knock you out <laughs> right there. That's Dylan. Give it up for Dylan. That's awesome. Man, I hope y'all would go. I hope you support him, man. I hope you go support him. We're taking as many men as we can to cheer you on, man, and uh, for your fight, man, February 8th. I wanna talk to you real quick about a bigger fight. It's a spiritual fight. It's a fight that actually is happening right now, and if you don't know it, today is surprise. Today is welcome, welcome to reality, and our story is found in the book of Daniel. Let me set the stage real quick. We'll read a couple verses. So here's the stage. There's a guy named Daniel. You know Daniel. It was Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel. Daniel was a man of God. Daniel walked with God. He loved God. In fact, the Bible says he prayed three times a day. He talked to God three times a day. If you're here and you say, I don't know how to pray, I want to teach you right now. When you pray, this is how you pray. Our Father. Who's in heaven? Hallowed be your name. What does that word mean? That means like you are worthy. I just want to lift you up. I want to magnify who you are. I want to realize like you're like way big and I'm way small. I just want to humble myself. How do you pray? You talk to God. You talk to God about your job. You talk to God about the things you talk to your friends about at the water cooler. You talk to your God about your relationship with your husband and where we're, um, you're thankful or maybe where you're frustrated. You talk to God about your children. You talk to God about your lack of patience. You talk to God about how thankful you are for the promotion or you talk to God about how much you would like a promotion. You talk to God about how tight it is or you thank God for how right it is. You talk to God. You talk to God. You don't have to come to God and be like, oh, thou God among the heavens. You, know, you talk to God where you are. Seriously, you just talk to him you, you can talk to him in the shower. You can talk to him in the car when you're driving. Um, it's much safer than driving and texting. You can talk to God. You can talk to God when someone's talking to you and you can pray inside. You, you know, earlier today, I'm right over here and we're having our prayer time and I'm sitting right over here and an awesome couple, man, while I'm praying and I'm asking the spirit of God just to do his work, they turned to me and they didn't come down front. They turned to me and said, would you pray for us? Please pray for us. We just had a miscarriage. So while they're, while I'm holding them and they're shaking because they're crying because they're hurting, while they're telling me what's happening, I'm talking to God. Are you with me? You can talk to God when you're in trouble, talk to God when you're not. You can talk to God. And when you talk to God, here's what I want you to know today. Four things, ready? You listen to this, you can check out for the rest of the, the gathering because you'll get the message. Don't, please, check out, but you could and you'd still get it. Number one, here's what we're gonna learn from Daniel chapter 10. Number one, when we pray, God hears us immediately. When we pray, God hears us the moment we pray. The moment we pray. Now that's important and we all need to know it. Here's why we need to know it. Because if you're not careful, you will pray and you'll think God didn't answer your prayer. 
and you get frustrated. So the reason why we need to know that God hears us the moment when we pray, reason why we need to know that, and why it's so important, is because then we can say, you know what? If God is not answering my prayer right now, he still knows what's going on. And he still has my best heart at interest, for his interest. My best interest at his heart. I think that makes more sense. God's got you. God loves you. God loves you. You know how much you love your kids? That's nothing compared to how much God loves you, how much God loves me. So we need to know that so that when we pray and we think nothing's happening, we have no clue what's happening. In fact, today's story is gonna talk about Daniel praying. And when Daniel prayed, God heard him the moment he prayed. Some versions say the very moment. Some say the day, the, the, the moment he spoke the words, God, who is God of the angel armies, heard him. He heard him and it matters. So we need to know God hears us the moment when we pray. And why is that important? It's important so that we don't get discouraged or get frustrated and quit praying. We have a real enemy. He, he is the devil. He is Satan. He's an angel of light. He won't come to you and tell you to eat this. It's poison. It's kind of like Snow White. Snow White. Like he'll, he's an angel of light and he'll try to deceive you. When, I said already, but when the angels fell, a third of them went to the dark side, kind of like Star Wars. So when Satan had that rebellion in his heart and he said, God, I'm gonna be like you, and God kicked him out, one third of the vast of heaven's armies of angels, these are God's agents, these are God's messengers, they are angelic, they are huge, they are way bigger than you and me, way stronger than you and me. They're not like an angel, it's not like a little cherub, you know, like this little, little baby with its wings flying up in heaven, you know, on, you know, on clouds of soft toilet paper. That's not what an angel is. Last March, Jimmy Witten and I, Pastor Jimmy and I, we were in um, Miami, and I took a picture. I saw the sun coming out. You know how sometimes, sometimes the sun comes out, and then there's streams of light all over the place? Well, th- there was like more light than I'd ever seen, and there were pillars, huge pillars of light, and there was a wall of light. I think I showed it um, several months ago, but uh, it's crazy. It's a crazy picture. Just it was awesome, and I was attracted to the light. I took the picture but here's the story. Two weeks later, I'm showing my wife um, the pictures. Jimmy had won a business trip. He took me with him and uh, got to go suffer for Jesus in the uh, Grand Cayman Islands. And so I'm flipping through, showing my wife now, baby. Yeah, just, you know, look at this, look at this. And I get to this picture at the end of the story. And uh, I get there and I, I take my fingers and I, I, I make the picture bigger. I kind of blow it up, right? Just, just kind of spread it. And all of a sudden, I'm left speechless and breathless. I'm like, and I have this, uh, and there's an angel in the picture. No doubt in my mind, it's an angel. And what's crazy is this angel was downtown Miami and was bigger than the buildings. This angel dwarfed the biggest building in downtown Miami. You hear what I'm saying? So when you think angels here, don't think, you know, don't think this cute little, no, 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 no. Think mighty warrior. The truth is, that he is the creator and they are the created. And they're powerful beings, much more powerful than you and me. And not only is there a good side and God has given you an angel to protect you, that comes from the book of Psalms, but a third of them fell and a third of them, they were bad and they're still bad. They're evil, they're wicked, and they have followed Satan, their master, 
to do his mission, to accomplish his purpose, and that is to still kill and destroy your marriage, your home, your family, your finances, your relationships, your thinking, your thought process, your thought patterns. He is out to knock you out. And we have a real enemy. The Bible calls this spiritual warfare. This is the real fight. This is the real fight. And there's a fight for some of you for your soul. Satan wants nothing more. He knows his days are numbered and the end is coming. Every day he's getting closer to the end. His days are numbered. God created hell for Satan and his followers. And he wants to take every person with him he can. It's kind of like man was made in God's image and this is what God loves most. And so it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get back at you, God, and I'm gonna take them down with me. That's the fight that we're in right there. It's a real fight, it's spiritual warfare. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That means that, that sometimes when you have an argument with your husband and wife, it's not just the husband and wife. There is an enemy out to destroy what God has planned for your life. Y'all with me? It's a fight, it's a real fight. And it's happening right now for some of your souls. That's why heaven applauds when someone gives their life to Jesus because Satan lost another one. He lost another one. We had two people last gathering give their life to Jesus. Man, we clapped, we applauded. I believe in God today for like 10 or more people to say yes to God, to give your life to God. And we will celebrate and we'll cheer and it's nothing compared to what heaven will do because that means that Satan is losing ground. Are you with me? So here's what's going on. Daniel loves God. He's a man of God. He prays three times a day. They had been, they had been captive and they had been taken out of their country. We're talking about Israel. He was a, a God follower. He was a Jew. And all these Jews were taken over by the Babylonians. They're taken and they're brought over here into captivity. And now in the third year of Cyrus, his reign, he's flexing his muscle. He's taking over ground and more ground. And he's just powerful. Cyrus was known as the king of kings. Where did we hear that before, right? On the cross. He said he was the king of kings. Cyrus was known as the king of kings. He was the man, the bad boy on campus. He was. Everyone feared him. And Daniel prayed and talked to God. He had been taken captive. They changed his clothes. They changed his language. They changed his culture. They immersed him in their culture. And now he had, he had new clothes, new food, new everything, and he even had a new name. Daniel's name, Daniel, means God is my judge. He was given the name Belteshazzar. Belteshazzar was the name he's given by them. That name means, it was really a prayer. God, protect you. God, protect you. So Daniel, so you read in here in chapter 10, when you read Daniel or Belteshazzar, it's talking about the same guy, got his Hebrew name as well as his name that was given within their culture. And he's praying, and for three, for three weeks, he's fasting. This is where we get what's known as the Daniel fast. Daniel chapter 1 talks about it. Daniel chapter 10 talks about it. Um, and so he's going to pray and fast for 10, or excuse me, for 21 days. For three solid weeks, he prays and he fasts. And the Bible says he mourns. He mourns to God. And, and we're going to pick up scripture there, and we're going to find out about what happens. Look at verse 1 here. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. Let me say this. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and even today, God 
still speaks through dreams and visions. I didn't grow up with that growing up. <laughs> I didn't, in the church and denomination I grew up in, we, we didn't talk about that stuff. Like we believed it in there, but hey, let's keep it quiet out here. God still does that. But none of that stuff trumps God's word. God is not out there giving new revelation as far as his word. This is his word. We have all of God's word given to us. This is truth. And so anytime you feel God speaking to you, if it doesn't line up with scripture, it wasn't God speaking to you. There is an angel of light. But God does still speak. You remember Joseph and Mary real quick. God spoke to him in a dream. And God woke him up and said, listen to me, man. Through an angel, God spoke to him and he said, by the way, Mary, yeah, she really wasn't messing around. That baby really is from the spirit of God. She's not known a man. Another time, he has a dream, has a vision, and God speaks to him and says, get up, get moving. Because here, Herod is killing all the babies. Get out of here. So God spoke through dreams and visions, and he can still do that today. And now Daniel is receiving another vision. Sometimes he didn't know what the vision meant. He would go and he would seek God. God would speak to him. In fact, one time, the head honcho said, I had this dream. I don't know what it means. And he got all the king's horses and all the king's men together, right? He got all the, all the smart people together, and he said, tell me what this means, or I'm killing every one of you. And they all began to panic. None of them, they, they were like, well, tell us the dream. And he's like, no, no, no. You tell me what dream I had, and then you tell me what it meant, or I'm going to kill you. That's actually went down. And Daniel, who knew God of the angel armies, went to God and said, Lord, you alone can interpret this dream. And God gave him wisdom and understanding. That's our God. Somebody say, God's strong. And he's strong on your behalf, too. And so here is Daniel receiving another vision. Look at it. A vision that concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. This is a prophetic chapter. This speaks of, if you've ever heard words such as the tribulation, the great tribulation, if you've ever heard of the rapture, if you've ever heard it, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. But if you've ever heard, this is dealing with that. But today, I'm not taking the lens, the prophetic lens, to talk about what the future, what the, the end time and uh, what the interpretation was. Rather, I'm choosing the lens to kind of, the microscope to kind of hone in on what Daniel did and what Daniel got. What Daniel did is he humbled himself before God and he sought him. And what God did is God spoke to him. So four things you need to know. Number one, you need to know that God hears me when I pray. The moment I pray, God hears me. And why is that important? So I don't get frustrated and quit praying. Because if you were the enemy, if you were Satan, what would you do against Christians? You would make them believe that God wasn't listening. You would tell them, God doesn't hear you. And I, I want to tell you, God answers every prayer. There's not a prayer that goes unanswered. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says wait. Because he knows we're not ready for it. Maybe you're praying, you're asking God for the promotion, and you, and you think you can do the job better, but God knows you're not ready to do the job better. In fact, if you get that promotion, you end up getting fired. Because you're competent here doesn't mean you're competent here. And God is growing you in your leadership. God is growing you to be ready for here. Are you with me? Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says wait. Sometimes God says no. And he does it because he loves us. When I was in college, I went, I remember my first day, I went in and um, 
I went in and I saw this guy and this girl and they're playing air hockey and I could tell he had just met her. I kind of watched the whole thing go down. She was beautiful, man, resting my attention. First day, you know, I'm, I'm at college and, you know, I'm, I'm looking, man. I'm like, man, I'm gonna find my wife here. Yeah, let's get started. And uh, class hadn't even started, but class had begun. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I'm looking around, I'm like, whoo, man, she'd take my breath away. So I go over there, introduce myself. That guy ended up leaving and we play air hockey. It was something I love, love air hockey. So, man, I'm playing, you know, and, um, you know, I'm kind of letting her win. Then I'm coming back and showing her, you know, um, you know, a little competence there. And we, we're having fun. She's like, don't let me win. And I saw a competitive side. And that was like, wow, that was like cool, you know. And, and so we're going back and forth. We had a great talk. I go back to my, I go back to my dorm room. This is the honest truth. I go back to my dorm room and I get on my knees. My biggest fear growing up is God would call me as a missionary to Africa. Now, I got friends that are missionaries to Africa, and their greatest fear is that God will call them back to the States because they love it. And I literally got on my knees and raised my hands and said, oh, God, let's make a deal. Learn from my mistake. That is not how you want to pray. It didn't go good from there. But I was like, God, let's, let's make a deal. Um, Lord, allow her to fall in love with me, and Lord, we will go to Africa. Sound like a deal? Huh? I'm so thankful God didn't answer that prayer. Because God had someone that was way better. Way more beautiful. Way more beautiful. In fact, I remember Stephanie coming down the aisle, man. I had tears coming down. I remember thinking two things. One was, Lord, hold on to the rapture. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The... Even so, come, Lord Jesus, just not today. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Some of y'all are like, I don't get it, but it's funny. She laughed. I'm laughing. Don't know why I'm laughing, but it's funny. Um, my second thought was, I am the luckiest guy alive. Holy cow. You know, let's hurry up and let's get this on before she changes her mind. And she's beautiful. And I'm thankful that in that day, when I was serious as a freshman in college, who knew God's will for my life, that God went, <laughs> he don't mean that. He prayed that last week about a different girl. Trust me, he don't mean that. Hey, hey, no, no, no. Hey, wait, don't leave. Don't go answer that prayer. I'm thankful. God always answers prayer. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes maybe. Listen to how this shakes out. When the vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. Not just praying, not just fasting, but mourning. When was the last time you mourned for someone else? When was the last time I cried before God for someone else who was living life without him? And I was so broken of the grip of the enemy on their life that I was serious enough to seek God with prayer and fasting and mourning. When was the last time someone in your family or one of your friends got diagnosed with cancer and instead of just putting on Facebook, we're gonna pray for you and instead of just praying or instead of just being like, oh God, help them, and then you move on to your wonderful life, when was the last time you declared a fast and said, by his stripes, we're healed? God, and I'm praying, I'm fasting for you to heal. When was the last time that you mourned over your marriage? Your marriage was doing this Sometimes as career-oriented 
leaders. We climb up the ladder of success. The problem is we leave our family behind. And we get so high up the ladder that it's hard to find our family, let alone bring them with us. And so we get so high up there that we have a decision to make. Do, do I go down and get them and sacrifice, sacrifice my career, my professional advancement, or do I keep climbing the ladder and lose my family? When was the last time you mourned over the fact that there's someone in your family that, that you haven't talked to in years? And there's unforgiveness and hurt. See what I'm saying? There are things to fast and mourn and pray about. And Daniel was fasting. And the Bible tells us why. Listen to this. At that time, I ate no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips. No meats, no sweets, no bread. In other words, the things that he ate is not the things he would normally eat. Look at verse, well, I'll just read it, verse 4. On April 23rd, I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River. I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. You know why? Because he probably was the only person praying three times. You know why? Because he had just prayed and fasted, sought God, mourned. Look at the next part. The men with me saw nothing. To me, this is a great verse, but then it's also a very sad verse. It's a great verse to teach us that you know what? That, that fasting precedes vision. Write that down. Fasting precedes vision. It's a sad verse to me because the Bible says, um, the men with me saw nothing. When you humble yourself before God and you say, God, I want, I, I want, to, I want to fast. So I'm going to push away from food or a certain type of food. Maybe it's sugar, maybe it's coffee, whatever. God, I'm going to sacrifice Mountain Dew. I love it but um, I'm just not gonna drink it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna push away from that and, and I'm gonna be hungry for that because I love that. But God, the truth is I'm not as hungry for you as I am hungry for dessert. And I wanna be more hungry for you than I am for any food in the world. When you make that switch, what'll happen is beautiful music will begin to play in your life. Beautiful music. And, and, and you'll, that's funny. And, and you'll be more hungry for God because some things only come by prayer and fasting. I told you four things. I told you I wanted you to know that when you pray, God hears you. Number two, it's important you don't get discouraged. But number three, number three, I want you, I want you to realize number three, and that is that the truth is that as Christians, the greatest most powerful tool we have as Christians is prayer and fasting. So I want you to realize and remember the power of fasting and why, that's what I want you to do. Why, why do we need to do that? Because some things only come by prayer and fasting. Some marriages are only gonna be healed by prayer and fasting. Some people have been diagnosed with sickness will only, will only see healing through prayer and fasting. Some children that are making wrong decisions, teenagers that are making bad, unwise decisions, 
They will only get right through prayer and fasting. Some relationships will only be restored. Some finances, some financial prisons, shackles, financial shackles will only be broken through prayer and fasting. And Daniel gets it. And so fasting precedes vision. Sometimes being a pastor, I I notice people that it's like they keep stalling and they can't figure out what they're supposed to do. Oftentimes, 20-somethings go through this where they're trying to find themselves, they're trying to find their purpose. The greatest thing you can do is just wave the white flag of surrender and say, God, I surrender to you. Um, Lord, I'm yours. What do you want me to do, God? Like, God, how did you wire me? What are you extremely passionate about? And I would tell you, God put that there. If you're passionate about coaching football, that's God's purpose in your life. Coach football, be the best football coach you can be, win the most games you can win for God's glory and touch the most lives that you can touch. If you're a fighter, then get in that octagon, knock somebody out and give God the glory. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. If you're a surgeon, then you be the best surgeon you can be. If you're a communicator, be the best communicator you can be. If you're a school teacher, you be the best school teacher you can be. If you're a mom and you're a stay-at-home mom, you be the best stay-at-home mom this world's ever seen. And you raise up mighty arrows for God. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Man, you want a vision for your life? Then be willing to push away from the table and say, God, I want your vision. Vision always is preceded by fasting. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and they ran away to hide. So I was left there alone, all to see this amazing vision. Look at verse 10. Then a hand touched me and lifted me up. I was still trembling. Now he's seen an angel. I was still trembling, my hands and my knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. I've got a word from God for you today. If you're a Jesus follower, you are very precious to God. If you are not yet a Jesus follower, I got a message for you today. You are very precious to God. You are made in his image and you are made in his likeness. And when he looks at you, he sees himself and he loves you with everything he has. I hope this is okay, but I got, I got someone here today that I've invited for almost two years from a business in town for two years and kept inviting, kept inviting, kept inviting, kept inviting. One day I gave this person the card, I had an invite card. They're powerful, you ought to use them. I gave the invite card and this person looked at me and said, I'll never come to your church. Wasn't rude, just was being honest. I like honest people. And I smiled and I said, I love to hear people say that because what I know is there's a spiritual battle in the heavenlies and God is greater. My God is stronger. My God is higher. And we fight from our knees. I'm gonna tell you the rest of the story. Look at, look at verse uh, 12. He tells them, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding, this is why we pray, and to humble yourself before your God. Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in, I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And then he says, verse 14, 
Well, he finishes that verse and says, I left Michael to fight with him. Michael's name means who is like the Lord. Michael is the chief archangel. There is no angel stronger, more mightier than Michael. He is the angel of Israel. He was also Daniel's angel. Remember how I said that, that we were given a, he, he was given Daniel. He was given Israel to fight, protect. He will still, he still is Israel's angel, his fighter and protector. He's not greater than Jesus. He's not greater. I'm not, don't get me wrong here, but I'm telling you, he is an angelic created being by God, designated and dispatched to keep all the hell that Satan wants to come from coming to the Jews, to the nation of Israel, as well as to people that God appointed him to, Daniel being one of them here. And I love this. The, he says, man, I'm here to explain what's gonna happen. And he touches his lips and, and Daniel, verse 17, he says, how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Like, AKA, like Daniel's having a panic attack. And if you could see an angel, you probably would too. I, one verse in here, he talks about how that, that, well, he was speaking to me, how my face, I mean, the, the blood left my face and my knees were weak. And I, I mean, it just goes on and on. And yet, verse 19, he says, don't be afraid. Today, God's got a word for you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. No matter what you're up against, what you're facing, what's around the corner, what Monday morning might look like for you, don't be afraid. For you are very precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged and be strong. Love that. Here's the story, and we're laying in the plane. Daniel's praying, Daniel's fasting, Daniel's seeking God. Day one, Daniel is seeking God in humility. That's a great thing for all of us to do. We fight from our knees, we humble ourselves. Jesus is God's grace. God gives us his spirit, he gives us his anointing, he gives us his power when we humble ourselves. And just like that water always goes to that spot in your yard, when it comes down hard, it goes to the spot in the yard where, where it's the lowest and it begins to flood. So the spirit of God will flood your life when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and you learn what it is to hit your knees and to pray and to get serious with God about stuff that matters in your life. And the Bible says he will lift you up. And when God lifts you up, you don't need any other promoter. No other promoter. This is like, the production team. When he lifts you up, you lift it up and you'll give him the glory. And that's what Daniel's doing. He's praying and God dispatches an angel. He wasn't Michael, but just an angel. And he says, give him the, the answer to prayer. And well, this angel is bringing God's message. This, this, this agent of God is bringing the answer to prayer to Daniel. All of a sudden, the kingdom of Persia's prince. This is a demonic being. This is a wicked enemy. He is, he is against everything that God wants. And he was a powerful demon. This passage teaches us that there's rank and order in the spiritual realm. If you're in the military, you're a police officer, you get what I'm saying. There's rank and order in the spiritual realm. And so now all of a sudden, here comes a good angel, but here's a stronger bad angel. And now it's a cosmic collision. And they are fighting for 21 days to the point that Michael, the strongest, most powerful angel that God created that is still good, is coming down to help this other good angel. And he relieves them so angel one can take the message to Daniel. And he tells him, God heard you the moment you prayed. What do we need to know today? God hears you when you pray. 
God hears me. God hears us when we pray. The moment we pray, God hears us. Don't get discouraged. If you're praying for a baby and a baby hadn't come yet, you pray on because God's already heard you. And you don't listen to the lies of the enemy. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. You never, don't listen to the lies. Man, I bring the blood of Jesus against you. That's not the word of God. Get out of here. Shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. Don't listen to the devil, man. He ain't got nothing good for you. Only God has life waiting for you. And now, all of a sudden, here it is. And all of a sudden, Daniel was awakened to the fact and to the truth of spiritual warfare. That in the heavenly, sometimes, the bad side is trying to keep the good side from delivering what we need on our side. There's a fight. What does that motivate us to do? Man, it ought to motivate you as a Jesus follower every day to hit your knees and put on the armor. If you don't know this, let me tell you something. You have weapons of mass destruction waiting for you. You don't have to fight with a nine millimeter. God's got something way more powerful than that. It is his word. It's the blood of the lamb. You fight hell through Jesus. He already conquered hell, so we're already victors. We're already victorious. You can walk in that victory. When you're fighting depression, you feel depression coming on, don't go crawl in a hole and shut yourself out from everyone else. You just stand up like the angel told Daniel when he fell down. He said, get up. You get up and you fight back. And you say, no, 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 I'm more than a conqueror. When you feel insecure, you declare that you are the most secured because you are loved by the God of security. Are you with me? When you feel like, man, you feel like the addiction of of anorexia or bulimia is starting to come back in and, and yeah it is and it is a dark side and you come against that with the authority of Jesus and you declare man by his stripes I'm healed and I am beautiful God made me in his image I don't have to feel bad about myself when the enemy dispatches his agents of darkness to send you shame and to send you guilt you don't receive it you say take it back it ain't welcome in my mailbox because he set me free. No shame here. Jesus died on the cross. Last thing. One of the last things he says is it's finished. Guilt trip's over. The guilt trip's over. Y'all didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. I said the guilt trip's over. You can live free from all that stuff. You can live free from it. There are people here today, man, that you're shackled. The enemy's got you right where he wants. And Jesus, and only Jesus, can set you free. And there's a spiritual battle taking place. And when we pray, God hears. And God moves. When my son, Gavin, says to me, Daddy, 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 if I don't acknowledge him, he says, Daddy, 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 Daddy. Daddy, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, right? We're in Publix, we're shopping. We're in Walmart, we're shopping. He sees the Fruit Loops. Daddy, Fruit Loops. Daddy, Fruit Loops. Daddy, Fruit Loops. If I don't acknowledge it, it just might end up in the buggy. 
We don't have to continue to get just trying to keep, listen, listen, God hears you when you pray. Do not be discouraged. Do not quit praying. Do not quit fighting. And some of you, here's my prayer. Some of you, you haven't done this fast thing and there's no shame and no guilt there. That's not how we play ball. It's, we'll never play ball that way. But I hope today through what you've heard, I hope some of you lean in and say, you know what, why not? Maybe you're not even a God follower. Maybe you don't even believe in Jesus. You say, I'm gonna try it and see. <laughs> Hold on. Embrace yourself for adventure and for a ride you never could have imagined because you're going to see heaven come to earth. You're going to watch God fight for you. And I hope some of you will say, you know what? We got one week left, man. Today's day 15, man. You know what? I'm going to push away from something so I can get more of someone. What will happen is you'll see things other people don't see. You'll hear things. You watch God move in such a way that only God can get the glory. There's no reason three out of five church plants die. There's no reason Momentum Church should be here. When we first started, I'm talking about one of our first gatherings, we were meeting monthly, getting everyone to try to come to church just one time in the month. And on a Wednesday of that Sunday when we were gonna have church for that month, we got a phone call saying, man, y'all have outgrown us, you can't come back here on a Wednesday. It's why God had woke me up at 3.30 that morning. And as I got on my knees and said, God, what's up? And began to pray and kind of fight through. I didn't just say a two-second prayer, but begin to pray. God, what's going on? What are you doing? He spoke to my heart and said, your location's getting ready to change. And at 8.30 that morning, the phone rang, and that's exactly what happened. But because this church was birthed within the soil of prayer and fasting, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And that's not just for a church, and it ain't just for a preacher. That's for you, and you, and you, and you, for your family, for your marriage, for your relationships, for your finances. Come on. 